0: We continue on with our, our Yaffe. We call it Yaffe, so the team calls it a Yaffe. It's the You Asked For It series where we're doing a, a Q&A session with um, our pastors and, and some other people. We've got five seats up here today. Uh, and this week we're looking at uh, the, the theme of obedience. We all love obedience, right? Obedience. Yeah. yeah, but we should love obedience. Obedience has some, yeah. Obedience has, has, has some perks that come along with it, and disobedience is, is the other direction. Now, Now, next week, our focus is gonna be on peace and forgiveness. So if you pull open your phones right now, we're gonna give you an opportunity to text your question to this phone number up here about peace and forgiveness. Well, well, excellent. So that, that phone number is going to be live through the rest of the day to, to pop your questions on. If you think of, uh, of a question that you want to uh, ask for our, our staff, pastor's wife, Shanda, is going to be up here next week with us, right? We've already made that commitment. Did you say yes or no? Did, yeah, yeah. She is oh, now. Did We talked to her, didn't we? Okay, cool. <laughs> well, Excellent. So, so this week, let me introduce uh, the, the panel. Sitting to my right, we have our Next Steps Pastor, Jason Laporte, and the Next Steps Pastor's wife, Danielle Laporte. And to my left, I have our Executive Pastor, Kyle Smith, and the Executive Pastor's husband, Derek Smith, and our, exec- and our creative Pastor, Derek Smith, and the Creative Pastor's wife, Kyle Smith. is that how we power couple. Excellent. Okay. The executive assistant to the regional manager. Okay, right, so so this week we are looking at the theme of obedience. So we're going to just jump right into the questions because we had some good ones and and we want to make sure that we get to them all. So the first question that we're going to be grappling with is what does obedient look like? How do we live an obedient life to God and and, and even though that's our first question, the, the, the real first question is, do we have to be obedient? Is there, is there actually a, a scriptural command to, to obey commands? The answer is yes. Yes.
1: Yes. So um, John fourteen fifteen says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And um, so if you love Jesus, if that's your, if, if you're, um, if your goal is to have be in a relationship with Jesus, you will obey him.
0: Totally. And and first John five also says this, this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. There is victory that has overcome the world. There is a there is an expectation, there is an understanding that as believers, we're supposed to follow his commands. And and and, and we'll look at how it might feel like it's burdensome, but but there's also you know, text here that says, "So we might feel it, but it's not. It's not." So, so if we have to be be obedient, what does so what does obedience look like? What is what? What are some examples of obedience in your guys' lives?
2: Uh, obedience for us, or for me personally, is uh, just those times in my life when I know God has called me to something specific or to do something, and it's that overwhelming feeling that this is something that I, I should be doing. Um, and then, obviously, the, the inverse is when I, it's pretty darn abundantly clear that I am not living God's obedience and uh, or living in obedience to God, and uh, it's, it's pretty clear.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, um, specifically, being obedient looks like me sitting up here today, because those that know me know I don't like to talk in front of more than, like, three people at a time. Um, so when Kyle asked if I would do this, my reaction was, no thanks, hard pass. Um, <laughs> But you know, praying about it, and especially with the topic being obedience, I, I just felt like you know this is, for whatever reason in His plan, what I'm supposed to do. So,
0: anybody else have some? <laughs> anyway, any examples have like so? So, Daniel shared today. Is, so, what are some other examples of you being obedient today? Has everybody been disobedient today? <laughs>
1: So yeah, I mean, being obedient is yes. Being up here, I mean,
0: today. So so some of you are probably being obedient, being here today. You coming coming to, to, to a church service that we're, that we're that we're called to not forsake the gathering of the believers, right? Um. So it, so that question: Can you be accidentally obedient? Yeah, I
2: don't know that you can be accident accidentally obedient. I think you can accidentally do the right thing. We're accidentally, you know, live a good life and, and do good good works. But I think obedience is a is an active choice that we make to be obedient to our parents, to of course our Heavenly Father. Obedience is a it's participatory. We we have to choose to be obedient. So I don't think we can accidentally
0: stumble upon obedience. We could be good accidentally, but we could be good accidentally. Yeah. It's a discipline. Obedience is a discipline, right? That that we actually have to be thinking about. We have to be moving towards it and, and, and going towards the goal. We can accidentally be good. I don't think we can accidentally be disobedient. So, so think about what you're doing. We live in default. Our lives are, are a lot in default. We don't think about what we're doing, uh, good or bad. Um, but if we can shift our, our thought process to, to being a, a disciplined mindset and moving towards what God wants us to do, we can be um, we can be obedient. So our next question is as we get into like kind of what uh, obedience entails, what we kind of struggle with, is what if God wants me to do something I am uncomfortable with? So does Jesus call us to a life of comfort? Is, is everything that we're supposed to have in this Christian walk supposed to be nice and easy and comfy? No. No. Mm-hmm.
2: no. I mean, how many people in this room want more for their life than what they currently have? I mean, even, even a little bit. And I, and I think it's pretty safe to assume that everyone wants something greater than, than yesterday. Everyone's wants something greater than today. And, and anything taking a step, uh, I think the quote is, if you want something to change tomorrow, you've got to change today. And, and change isn't comfortable. So I think you have to get uncomfortable. It's kind of a requirement for change. It's a requirement to, to do... <laughs> Sorry, my daughter's talking back at me. Um, it's a requirement to get uncomfortable, I think, in order to pursue the great things that God has for you. Because you can't just sit there on your couch doing nothing. You have to, you have to walk through the door that
0: he's presented you. So we're going to jump really quick to the next question because it gets a little bit in, into some more, some more of the issues there. I know I should always obey God, but how do I get to that place when I really don't want to? It's really hard, or I think obedience obedience will be painful. Did I say that with enough of a whine in my voice? Was was that appropriate? That's great. So so what if what if it's just really hard and I don't want to, and it it, it might be painful? So so what is. What, what does that look like? If, if so, I'll just jump in with a scripture reference first. So if we're looking at Jesus' experience, so so Jesus was obedient. And his life was, was like a, a bed of roses, right? It was all nice and comfy. Matthew 16, 21 says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised alive. So, he, so Jesus knew what he had to do. He was being obedient to what God had called him to do, and he knew it was going to be suffering and death. Uh, but then there was there was a benefit to to his being obedient right is it, it was it was life again um what are what are some of the what are what are what are some of the challenges that you guys get thrown at you with when it comes to not wanting to to be obedient when something's hard when something's challenging
1: okay so um so for us one very specific story that comes to mind recently is semi-recently is uh is really is is tithing so um you know when we when danielle and i we, we prayed about it we 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 wanted to walk uh walk the talk you know if, if we're gonna say that we are um you know chasing god chasing after jesus wanting to have a relationship and and really just um being in pursuit you know Tithing was that was hard, you know. We, we our earthly selves. We wanted. We had bills. We had debt. We have kids. We have expenses, and so naturally, we we would rather you know we give, but but uh, but reallocate those that money elsewhere. But but really, we we um, we made we prayed about it. We made the made the decision to to tithe, and we were living with my parents, and we were on a five year plan to buy a house. As of up until last year, and uh, eventually God blessed us. We, I mean, he, we, he blessed us; our finances blessed us. He blessed us way more than we could have ever imagined.
0: So, so is that a comfortable process to sort of go from? So we decided to tithe, and woohoo, we're financially all set.
3: No, it was um, extremely painful at times, and there was a, a time I specifically remember where we both questioned, like why are we still doing this? Is this really what we should be doing? But then we came back, like, I think a day or two later after praying, and we were both like, yeah, we need to keep doing this. Um, And so it was making that choice again, you know. And it was after we made that choice over and over again when things were really hard. And that's when, you know, we felt like God kind of promised that he was going to take care of it. And like Jason mentioned, he did beyond anything we could have done or imagined, so.
0: Very cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift the, the perspective a little bit that, uh, so parents, we're all parents up here of kid to kids, and, and, we, and we probably put some expectations of obedience on our kids. What, what is your response when your kid goes, oh, but that's too hard, oh, I don't want to, that's not very comfortable. Do we respond to that well? Do we go, oh, okay, it's okay.
4: I would love to have another guest speaker, my daughter, to come answer this question. Um, well, typically I would yell, but try not to do that. And uh, but we don't allow her to to just be okay with it being hard. There are things that we're going to ask of her that you know we want her to either do or to you know behave in a certain way. And um, there's obedience, and then there's disobedience, and then even the delayed disobedience and stuff. And I think it it's kind of the same. You know, if God's our Father, then we're the child, and he still is asking for us to be obedient to him.
0: So, so are you asking Dres to be obedient because you're a big old meanie, or because you want what's best for?
4: Both. She's <laughs> gonna say I'm a big old meanie. Um, no, there, there's an element of really wanting what's best for Dresden, and I said this really easily for service. But my daughter is sitting here on this on this first row, and there's an element of. Uh, what I, what I really feel is best for her is to have an authentic relationship with Jesus and while I may not say that every single day to her there's a way of not controlling how she says things but that's truly my desire for her is to grow up and want to follow Jesus and, and want that so while she is here you know there's a there's an element of loving her a way through being two services faithfully for 11 years this kid has been on Sundays except for a few a few Sundays faithfully at a, a church service and stuff and that, but that's what I want for you, Drez, is to want to follow Jesus because you want to, not because you feel like you have to. Amen.
0: And, and I, I think that's what God wants for us too, right? That, that he wants us to, to choose that relationship and to chase after after him, not, not out of obligation, not out of uh, I will crush you if you don't, but 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 out of love that that when he's ask, when he's asking us to follow his commands and and, and to be obedient, it's not like I'm going to show you how miserable your life can be for me. It's now I'm going to I'm going to show you what your life can be, for me. Um, that that those times when it's hard and the times that we don't want to, those are the times that we that, that are that are probably the most growing opportunities. Right, that they can see some of the faces of people here. And I know some of your stories where where you've, made, where you've made sacrifices for what you want, for what he wants. And, and, and I know some of you that have gone through some, some trials and, and some growing pains to go from what you want to what he wants. And on the back end, it, it might not be like, well, so now life is just all peachy keen, but it's like, I'm where I'm supposed to be, that the, that the blessings come out in, in, in really beautiful ways. That uh, that you might not have expected, um, and I love those stories. Those stories, those stories are a beautiful thing. That's what we want for our kids. That's what God the Father wants for us. Why why would we think that we could, we could or should complain about how we're supposed to be obedient or refuse to do it and be disobedient and and expect something different? We discipline our kids when they're disobedient. It's very possible that some of the pain that you're experiencing right now is because you're being disciplined for being disobedient, uh, that you've made some bad choices, and, and, and that type of suffering is gonna be there because you made bad choices. Um, so in my notes, my response to this question, so what do you do when, when you don't wanna do what God's asking you to do when it's hard and, and I don't want to? Suck it up and quit being a whiny baby boy. <laughs> Change your focus. And, 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 fo- and follow through, follow after him, right? That, that's, that's really the answer. Um, but that's, but, that's, but that's, that's reality, that's reality. Don't believe the lies that you don't have to, to be obedient. Don't believe the lies that it's gonna be worse off for you if, if you're obedient, it, it's just not true. Um, our next question, moving on to, 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 to something still in the same vein, is how do we be obedient when we're tempted? How to be obedient when we're tempted. Is there, is there actually a scriptural answer to, to this question, how to be obedient when we're tempted? I think Jason's Googling it right now. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes. So, so 1 Corinthians 10, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it.
0: It's going to provide a way out. So, yeah. so what, are, what are some of your temptations and, and what are the ways out that he gives you?
2: I think with me as a creative person, you know, my temptation is always to look to uh, a, big, a bigger idea. Um, you know, God, God will give you um, thoughts and ideas and concepts to steward just as much as he gives you money to steward. Um, I think the 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 ideas that he will drop into your life, he wants you to be obedient with and 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 work alongside until you see it to fruition. And I think with me, my biggest temptation is I, I know that God has called me to work on this, and then I will be working on that. And something really big and shiny and bright comes along, and my first temptation is to just run at that because that is to me such a cooler idea or a better thing. And it's just my temptation is to run at those. And uh, I think you know. My focus has to be to obedient, be obedient to what God has called me to first. Um, and, and there's a there's a chapter that I love in Matthew 25, 21 that says, The Master was full of praise. Uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Um, and that's something that I love to look back on because when I'm struggling through something and I know God's called me to it and I work on it, but I'm just not hitting the mark, and I want to jump into that really big thing that I know is down the road that I got to think back and remember, no, God is trusting me with this right now. I need to be obedient with this so that he can then give me more down the road.
0: Well, you had a good one. I liked your answer first service. Do you remember your answer? It was food-related, yeah.
4: Apparently, I'm tempted by food. Um. <laughs> What I would say is, so you need community when you're feeling tempted. So you have to have a small circle of people that understand what your temptations are because you need to be able to trust them and that they can speak back, speak back into your life about what you're, what you're walking through or what you're tempted with. Um, you know, personally for me, I, so I follow a bodybuilding diet. You know, I earned my pro card and stuff, but there was some serious discipline I had to follow in food because who doesn't want to go out and just break bread with everybody and stuff because Christians do that real well, but they break bread all the time. But I had to have a few people that would understand what I was walking through when I was literally on the treadmill and looking at the the commercials for the Red Robin and the burgers and the the desserts and stuff and just salivating. But there's people that are in my life that were speaking to me like, hey, you don't want that. One of the phrases that I would say is uh, when I was getting ready to compete was, do you know what cake tastes like? Third place. Because when you would give in to that temptation, (laughs) that's what happens. It's like you are losing sight of that goal. And just giving into that that minute of satisfaction and stuff, and yet there was a greater goal. And you know, in a worldly way, this like bodybuilding lifestyle, I didn't eat the cake months. You can ask people months. I did not, I did not choose cake, everything else, and then was able to obtain that because I was able to resist that temptation. But I just have people in my life too. So I believe it comes back to that community and having people that I can trust that are like, you don't want that. Like, let's go, you don't want that.
0: And and not only is it that community, but it's also your relationship with God—that—that if—that if you've got a weak relationship with God, if you're—if you're not connected with Him, if you're not walking with Him, then then you just might feel like He's not walking with you, and that you can just get away with it because, like, well, I'm I'm not really close to Him, um, but He's there, and and He's there not not to overload it and say I'm watching you, don't do that, but it's, but He's the one that you turn to too, that uh, that that prayer prayer first and foremost, that who here, who here doesn't know what their temptations are? Every, you know exactly where you struggle. Everybody knows exactly where they struggle. For, for me, it's donuts. Amen. <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, when, when, so when I walk through Kroger... If I can get past the donuts, I'm actually praying to get past the donuts, to get past the Little Debbie Snack Cakes, and then I celebrate and worship when I make it out of the store, not having bought any of them. Um, but, if, but if I'm ignoring that, if I'm ignoring that focus, if, if i just like, well, I'm just going to give in, well, well he had given me a way out. He, you know, he, he gives me these ways out that I can go to him first. And, and one of my other ways out, as Kyle was speaking to community, is that I never buy donuts or Little Debbie Snack Cakes when my wife is with me. Never. And it's not because, oh, I'm going to sneak it later. It's just cause, cause, because I know that she's going to say something. And not because you shouldn't eat donuts. It's like, do you really want that? Is that what I really want? Um, that, that, if you're, that if you're in communion with God and you're in community with others, uh, these, are, these are some of the paths of the ways out that he gives you when those temptations come up. That isolated, you're screwed. You're, just, you're, you're in trouble. You're, you will fail time and time again in isolation. Uh, be being community, being communion with God and being community with others. Grow groups have started. You can still jump in. Um, that that those those are those are the paths. We're gonna move on now from 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 talking about us being obedient and, and how and how this impacts us in outside relationships. So the next question is what do you do with a fallout from others, family in particular, when you are doing something you feel is an obedience to God? Does does being obedient make sense to others? What what how does that play out in your lives?
1: So uh, so for me, my my background's in real estate, and um, I had a pretty good career. And then when God placed the call to ministry on my heart, I told everybody, um, and except for my parents, and uh, they were the last people that I told. So we sat at the table, and and I proceeded to tell them that. Um, I'm getting into ministry. I feel the call in my heart, the call in my life from God to do this. And it went very not well. <laughs> it was a rough conversation. And um, they, you know, they, they, they believe in God, but they don't, I'll say they don't trust. They, they don't understand. And and halfway through the conversation, um, I realized It doesn't matter what i say it it really there's nothing that i can say that will sway them there's nothing i can say that will um change their mind i couldn't paint this beautiful picture because they had not experienced god in their life so um so i paused and realized this and i just responded i responded with love because that's really the only um connecting form of communication that i could have with them at the time um but it was painful.
3: Just like on that, um, Jason kind of said it. But just understanding for me that they were coming um, from a place of <laughs> from a place of love, and that they just wanted what's best for Jason and our family, and and we just had to, you know, respect them, but ultimately set that boundary and, and you know do what we were gonna do, and, and hope that. You know, God will show them. You know, through our lives, like what following Him
0: looks like. So, can you share your experience with, with how that an understanding of being obedient played out in your life with your mom?
4: Um, so last week we had this awesome opportunity to have this women's conference, and uh, woo! My my awesome mama, she signed up and she attended huge win. And then as she was walking up the stairs, she was like, so I got to sign up for a conference to come see my daughter because we are, our schedules look a lot different than some of my siblings. And so there's a lot of like, you're not at taco Tuesday. You're not at this event. You're not at this family gathering and stuff. And, um, you know, sometimes that can be really hard because I, I believe in a, in a vision of being part of something bigger than myself. And the awesome moment of that was not just that day was the end of it when my mom came up and gave me a great big hug and knowing that i just shared my heart of like i almost listened to a big voice of doubt and to completely cancel an event and my mom was like i understand and i will i will work really hard to not stand in your way because it's not about me trying to control everything but you know there's been questions asked and you know i could have chosen to to respond to her and be disrespectful of like well you don't get it you're not doing all of this but it's just been choosing to love you know my family be engaged in the conversation that we're having but how awesome for for my mom to get a small like a a glimpse of what it looks like with why I dedicate my life the way that I do that was huge because it's just I feel like how we're going to continue treating people
0: yep just continue to love them if if it's something that you they don't understand you get to invite them along you know that the the women's conference is a great opportunity to to invite her along that that uh, you might be in a situation where family members are confused and, and aren't really quite sure what's going on. And, and, and you might say, well, well, come, come check this out. Come, come watch us do this. And, and you'll have a better glimpse of what, what God's doing in my life. Maybe God's doing something in your life, too. Um, our, our next question is, is, is taking the relationship to a different extreme. So the next question is, how do I remain obedient in presence of blatant disobedience in the others that I'm close to? How do I remain obedient in presence of blatant disobedience?
1: So I think this goes to the, the old um, principle of show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, so so that's, that's one side. And I feel like our, our worldly perspective or our worldly answer is we're just going to cut them out. We'll cut them out. But, but really, I think for me, it's, again, going back to, 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 to walking the talk and living out the life that Christ has wants for you, to, to be the shiny, to be the example. Um, to love on people.
0: First, First Peter 1 says this, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. So if you haven't been a believer since like you were three and and the people that you were hanging out with before you became a believer, they're a, they're a bad influence. You know, we can look at this from the perspective of our kids, too. Do we want our kids hanging out with a bad influence? Um, things to consider when you're in, the, in those relationships are, are you being the influencer or are you being influenced? That that uh, that once you become a believer, God's not telling you, you need to shut all of these people out. But there might be, come a point where you need to have some like boundaries set up that... That if you're if you're trying to be obedient and you know that hanging out with this person, you're going to end up right where you don't want to be. Um, there probably have to be some bo- some new boundaries set up. Uh, you spoke to this earlier in, in first service. Um, not cutting people out. So how so so you know what's the extreme? You just have to like redefine the relationship, right?
4: So I believe that in these moments, like let's say. You know, we've had multiple friends over the years that haven't been believers and uh, we've just kind of maintained our, our pathway of still being in church and just following out this relationship with God. But one question that always comes back to me is if, if you have been extended the invitation to get to know Jesus and all of a sudden you're deciding that you're going to cut these people out of your life because they don't know him, know him, if no one else around them has that opportunity, who's going to give it to them? Mm-hmm. Why would you choose to cut them out? It doesn't mean, like, it is It is a redefine of the relationship and establish a boundary, but we're called to be this vessel and to extend this opportunity for someone to know Jesus, so why would you cut them out? You know, there's definitely things that you may not do. Sure, you may not be able to go drink with them anymore, but that doesn't mean that you can't sit down with them and still have this, like, hey, my life is changing. This is what God's doing with me, and I think we've, you know, we're afraid of how we're going to be perceived and stuff, but I just don't want to be wrong like in that, in that context of how I treat someone. I want to keep loving them. I may not hang out with them in the same places that I, I did before, but I, I want to make sure that they have an opportunity to get to know him.
0: One, one of the challenges as believers is that, uh, that when you come to Christ and you join a church, this becomes your new family, and it is your new family. Uh, but, but then there can also be the, 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 the pattern and path of, so this is my new family. I'm done with them. I'm, I'm done with the, with the non-believers. And, and we, 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 we choke off the opportunities to share our faith because we've, we've separated any kind of relationship from the people that need to have our faith shared with. That at one point, you were not a believer. And you were hanging out with non-believers. And, and somebody was a believer, spoken to your life. Uh, that, that's probably you in somebody else's life that, that don't. Don't shut out the people that, were, that are outside of the church because they, they need to be in the church as well. Um, but Bacallus spoke clearly, too. So you don't necessarily need to be doing the same stuff that they were doing. Keep yourself, keep yourself holy. Keep yourself out of that. Keep yourself away from the temptations that um, will get you into a place that you don't want to be. All right, our next question. We didn't get to this question first service, um, but we'll hit it now. Do husbands have to obey their wives? And vice versa. So, I'm going to have, I'm gonna have a, a precursor to the answer of this question. This is, this is not going to be a clobber answer. So, so the answer that we're going to give here, and, and the way that I see Scripture is, when, it's, when Scripture's speaking to wives, that's not the husband speaking to the wives. And when, when Scripture's speaking to the husbands, that's not the wives using that as, ah, you should... Look at that, I, I, I mimicked the wife, but not the husband. Um, <laughs> but, so, so listen very cl- clearly and carefully that, that the answers that we're gonna be, be talking through are not meant as uh, weapons. These are, these are not meant as weapons, do not. Uh, if, you, if you weaponize any of these answers, it's all on you. This is not the perspective that we're coming from. <laughs> Fair enough? All right, so do husbands have to obey their wives and vice versa. Everybody's jumping to answer this one.
3: Um, I would just say that when I first uh started looking at these verses in the Bible, it was something I struggled with because I was raised very much like girls can do anything and you know, my dad had me out there cutting the grass and climbing on the roof just you know, hammering shingles and You know, it wasn't really a, um, I didn't understand maybe the different roles. and But as I looked at our marriage and our relationship, um, and when we started changing and, you know, I started letting go of some things and giving Jason that head of household role that that really is his, um, things just fall into place in a better way. And that doesn't mean that, Like you said, like he gets to, you know, hang that over me or anything like that. Um, But it actually, I I don't know the word, gave him the the empowerment to make some of those decisions for our family. And, you know, I would just, you know, pray that God put in his heart, you know, the the right decisions and the right leadership. And I would watch how some of those things unfolded where he would actually come back around and, um, and kind of make the decision that was on my heart because God put it then on his heart to choose that path. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Man, I so wish we had that question for service. That was brilliant. Husbands? We have a wife's answer. How about a husband's answer? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't
2: you? I mean, the, the biblical model, a lot of people will check it at the door that says, wives, submit to your husband, period, and they just forget that there's a whole lot else written right behind it. Uh, and it comes down to mutual respect. You know, wives respect your husbands, husbands respect your wives, and you're going to find out that life is just easier. Now, the whole head of household, I'm still waiting for that here, but, I mean, the rest of it is... <laughs> is uh, no, really, you know, we, we talked about that from the day we got married. Even, again, we've, we've been together for a really long time, but you just don't know the, the value... Of respect in your relationship and and uh, when we think of the word obedience we think it is like sl- master and slave and and that that's just not what it's about that's not in in, in a marital relationship or a, even dating but that's not what obedience means in that that one has to control the other because g- control is not what we're called to do we're called to respect one another and love
0: one another uh, and care for one another ephesians 21 says submit to one another out of reverence for christ so if we look at those verses in ephesians uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That there's there's a unity that, that that, that God is speaking to here, and and how that ends up playing out in a household can can look very very different. My wife my wife works full time and I'm the stay at home dad, and I'm I'm still head of the household, but we have a relationship that that comes from a perspective of, well, submitting to another and mutual trust and. And having the same goals in mind and, and communication that, that there are all these other aspects that, that play out in our lives. And, and, and just because I don't know how to fold her laundry well doesn't mean that I'm, I'm a bad <laughs> husband. Um.
4: I have lots to say about this. <laughs> so when Derek and I first got married, we, we were told this, I was told this from a, um, an elder in the church that I was too opinionated, I had too much to say, and I needed to just be quiet and submit to everything that my husband told me to do. <laughs> and that is devastating and damaging because it did start this slow mentality of that. Um, I would sit at home and, and just ask like, so do you think you have ownership over my life and what we're doing? And there was just bad advice going on around it at this particular place that we were at and it was just setting us up for failure after failure. And I agree with Derek, it's, you know, like we stop, we just pick and choose the scripture where we're going to read it and just leave it and then not read the rest. So I do believe it's a, a submit, a submit, submitting to one another and to gain that respect, but ladies, let me tell you, if you want your husband to respect you, treat him with some respect. So busy, we're so busy nagging them what they didn't what they didn't do, who they're not acting like, who they're not being, and then we wonder why they're not running to us to, to ask for our opinion and to treat us with that respect. You want to know how to follow that out? There's a great proverb. It's Proverbs 31, and it's about the wife of noble character. It says she uses words of wisdom. It doesn't say she's nagging him for not emptying the dishes, that she's nagging him for not flipping the laundry because this is the wife that I was. You know, like on him all the time for not doing those little tasks instead of speaking life into it. There's ways to, to, to work at this and everything too. Even, even leadership style. I think I can speak to this for our house, what it looks like personally at home. You know, there's like a head of, head of household type deal. But structurally, like across the board, as executive pastor, here for me, this means that this guy submits to a leadership style. As much as he, he not want to say. It. But he does a, a fabulous job of respecting that. And it's not because I use it as a weapon over him. He'll just come and ask a question of like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And it's you know, still like a business transaction, but he's not using that against me. And I don't use that against him outside of here either. Like we, we work really hard at not having those, those tough, conver- weird conversations, but having those boundaries in place too.
0: And so I'll piggyback on that. For husbands, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And, and Christ loved the church by serving the church, suffering for the church, dying for the church, putting his life on the line for the church. That, uh, so that's, so husbands, that's what we get to live up to. But that's also what we get to live up to. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, holy cow. Oh, but that's the rule that we get that, that, that's not a, that, uh, that may seem burdensome, but really it's what he wants for us. And if we look at, at Christ being the example, it's like so... So he was resurrected to new life, and, and 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 forgave all of our sins. And this, like, so we get to so we get to play we get to play that role in some form or fashion. Um, husbands, love love your Christ, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Um, husbands, I can clobber you with that, cause cause that's what we're called to, right? That's how that's how we can be obedient. Um, so let's, let's, let's change this up a little bit. Do husbands have to obey their wives and vice versa if they're not believers and don't go to church? There was a little groan out there. Was like, oh.
2: Yeah, I think this goes back to the, one of the very beginning questions on whether or not you can you know, be accidentally obedient. It kind of comes into the same play is that just because your husband or wife doesn't come to church and isn't a believer doesn't mean you get to then disobey what God has called you to. Yep. And it also goes into one of the questions of whether or not you're falling into the same patterns as the unbelievers in your life because, well, they're doing it this way, so it's okay to do this way as well because I want to keep the friendship, and that's it's, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Bible talks specifically of, of husbands and wives who don't, uh, spouses who don't come to church and says that you shouldn't do anything differently. You live your life, a godly life, so that hopefully your life will shine onto them and they will see Christ through you. So that's it, kind of a hard no.
4: I also love this one because, uh, no, there's a, uh, so there's times too, even in the non-believer or like the, this disobedient talk for a wife, there are women in the Bible that, I don't want to say like stepped outside of their husband's will for them, but Abigail is a great example because her husband was straight acting a fool and didn't want to listen to the king and provide the things that he was asking for. And so she just kind of sidestepped and went about that. And so it, for me, and thinking in that context, of like he's, he's not acting like, what he should be doing. And so she decided to step outside and take those steps. And I think there's, there's just power and, you know, still remaining obedient to what you are called to do and how you're going to act and stuff, because this is really like, what, what is the outcome that you want? So if you, if, if I, the wife, the spouse, am a believer, my husband's not, why would I want to kind of slide back into those Old behaviors and attitudes and stuff, and then have this expectation that he's going to become a believer all of a sudden. It's just not going to to work out that way. Prayer, remain faithful to prayer, and seeking that God change his heart. I'm not the one responsible for that, but that God would see that, God honor that, and that He would see that, and then want to follow Him.
0: And if we go back to the relationship discussion that we had a couple of weeks ago, if you, so, if you're married to a non-believer or somebody that goes doesn't go to church, then you, then then that's the that's the path that you take that you. Continue to do what what God has called you to do. If you are not married and you're dating somebody that's not a believer, you have to have different conversations that you can prevent being in that boat. Um, that that there there are probably uh, conversations that you need to have both with God and the person that you're with uh, to not end up so far down the road where it's like, okay, so this is the question that I'm asking now. Uh, that that you can be obedient on the front end. That will make. Make being obedient in and and, and another way, another area, probably a little bit easier. Maybe, maybe not like brilliantly easier, but, but, but man, you can make some choices, some different choices now uh, with a focus on God and what He wants and what, he's, what he, he desires for us uh, rather than wait until you have the pain. That, that one of the things that we've talked about, I talk about in my family, is the pain of discipline and the pain of regret that when it, when, it comes, when it comes to obedience or when it comes to doing the stuff that we have to do, that, that you're going to experience one of them. You're going to either have the pain of discipline by, by working hard and getting it done so that whatever's done is done. It needs to, Whatever needs to be taken care of is taken care of. Or there's the pain of regret, where we blow it off until it's too late, and then we experience that pain. And, and I can have that conversation with my boy and, and, and walk through it. It's like, so which would you prefer? The pain of discipline is ultimately more satisfying... You get, you get to the other end, and it's like, oh, I took care of it. I, I can either rest now, I can relax, I don't have to focus on this. But the pain of regret makes you forget all about the comfy stuff that you were doing with before. And the pain of regret sucks. That one hurts way more. It can be way more long-lasting and does more damage to relationships, your relationship with God and your relationship with, with others. What do you want? The pain of discipline or the pain of regret?
2: Yeah, and and I think I think Tim hit it on the head. You know, I think this entire conversation on obedience really comes down to our relationship with God above all else. It's you know, it's like, do we really know, or do you in your life really know what God wants for you? What God wants is He just simply wants you. And and there's an amazing saying that the the gaze to heaven are not found through our mirror. It doesn't matter what we want. It doesn't matter what we have envisioned for our life, what we, the steps that we want to take. It, it depends on what God has pre-de- predetermined for us and, and set out for us, and we just have to walk that out. Um, you know, the days when I'm struggling the most with with being obedient. You know, I, I'm tired. I'm generally a pretty lazy person. My wife and daughter can attest to. And and there's times where I, I'll get out of bed and I'm like, I just I just don't want to be obedient. I, I don't want to grab my Bible first thing. I don't want to pray. I just want to pick up instagram and veg out for another hour because i don't have to be at work you know and those days will come and you know the steps that i take and it might sound pretty ridiculous but you know the i I can make a list of of ways of what it is that i'm struggling with and you know that my steps is first thing i do is i check my attitude i i again i'll make a list like what is it that's causing me today to not want to do what god has called me today to do you know so it's it well i'm being lazy God does not call me to be lazy. He called me to go do something. I'll make phone calls and, you know, and I'll reach out to people that I love because that's what I'm called to do. And, and the next thing I do is I clean the slate. So I take a look at the list of all the things that, that, are, that are holding me back from being obedient to God. And I just start crossing them off one at a time. It's like, well, this, this isn't what God has called me to do. I'm not being obedient. He hasn't called me to be lazy. He hasn't called me to sit here on Instagram. He called me to, to read my Bible and stay in scripture and stay in community and reach out to people. So I start crossing off those things, and and the last thing I do is I just simply choose obedience. I think we've all said it at least once today is that obedience is a choice. It's not something that we wake up and just innately do. It's something we have to choose. We wake up every day knowing, hey, I want to serve God. I want to love God. I'm going to obey him today. Um, And if you struggle with, with obedience, there's a simple thing you can do, and that's pray. And it sounds counterintuitive that, oh, well, so I'm struggling to obey God, so I can pray that God helps me obey God, but you totally can. Pray about it, say, God, I'm struggling today. I don't wanna get out of bed. I don't wanna do anything productive. I don't wanna get in scripture. I don't wanna reach out to friends. I don't wanna obey the things you've stewarded me to today. And you know what? Can you help me with that? It's a phenomenal prayer. And all this goes, you know, that we're we're talking about the obedience of God. And, you know, we're also realizing that there's a lot of people in this room that may not know God. and so we want to give you that opportunity today that if you don't truly know God and he's not your king and not, in your, not the king of your heart, we want to give you that opportunity. So if you guys can, can bow your heads for me. Um, and we're not going to ask you to do anything weird. Um, we're not going to ask you to step forward. But if you don't have that relationship with God and, and, and he's not your Lord, we want to do that today. And I'd love you if you just slip up your hand and just let me know that, hey, you want to pray this prayer with us today so that we can lead you to, to salvation here. And, um, so if there's anyone in this room, can you lift your hand for me? Let me know that you're, we're praying with you. And at Simple Church, we don't pray. No one prays alone. We pray together. So if you guys uh, can pray aloud with me. Jesus, I need you. Come into my life and give me your spirit. Forgive me of all my sins and make me brand new. Show me how to live for you and remain obedient to all you have ready for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's simple as that, guys. You know, and if you and if that was your stance today, and, and you called out to God and said, "Hey, put my my stake in the ground. That I'm going to follow you today." Your next step is baptism. Um, it's what God called us to, and we have the opportunity to get baptized in two weeks. Um, that's the first week of October is baptism Sunday. You can talk to uh, to Jason over here on Next Steps team. He'll get you signed up, or take the connection card that's in the seat back in front of you, right out in there. Hey, I want to get baptized. That's your next step. Uh, Jason will reach out to you, some of his team will reach out to you, and get you signed up for baptism. It's a phenomenal thing, and we all want to celebrate with you. Oh, and first of all, if you decided that today, let's celebrate. Can we clap for you guys? I don't normally close, I'm sorry. So, hey, guys, that's awesome. We love it that you came to Simple Church today and decided to to turn your life over to God. That's what this is all about. And um, we want to do a quick thing, and let's go over to our our giving. Uh, If you brought something to give today, your tithes and offerings, we make it very, very simple. If you're not a regular tender, we don't ask you to do anything. There's no obligation. But if you did bring tithes and offerings, there's a black box in the back of the room that says give. You can also follow the ways on the screen here. Uh, And while you guys are preparing that, let's go into some quick announcements. Um, First ones is that our missions trip uh, planning meeting coming up in two weeks, October 6th. If you haven't been to, on a missions trip or you've been thinking about it, these are phenomenal, especially with programs that we do where we go and hang out with kids for a week straight, and it's just the most fulfilling thing in your life. You can see uh, Amy Tool up here on October 6th after second, uh, after first service, and she'll get you signed up for that. Um, our youth is going to reach this year. We're super excited for that. So you can see Kara Jones or Jason to get uh, get your kids signed up for that. I think that's like middle school through high school ages. Um, they're not going to want to miss that. Um, Last is Grow Groups. You can still jump in. Grow Groups are going on right now. I think we're only in like the first two or three weeks. There's still space available. We've all talked about community and you need to get into community. So jump into a group. Um, that's going to be awesome. I think that's all we got. So let's go ahead and pray out um, and we can dismiss. So God, thank you so much for this amazing service. We, we, we pray that the hearts and minds of the people that have walked through the doors of Simple Church were received a message today and hopefully have taken that step towards you taking a step to getting closer to reconnecting, to reevaluating where their priorities are and, and, and connecting with you, Jesus. Um, we pray that as we go through a week that we all uh, can walk out your favor and in your mercy. And we do all these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen.